Moto Spot Show. What is up, everybody? We are back. It's going to be episode 32. Man, four rounds into Supercross. It's given us everything we wanted, four different winners, and it's been exciting. And I'm excited to have a guest on tonight that's been along for the ride for not only this year, but multiple years. And he's seen the podium from the Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence himself. He's seen Chase Sexton win. He's seen uh, Ken Roxon win. And he's uh, also worked with Trey Kennard, Chance Hymas. But before we get to him, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, Spot Network TV. Please check those guys out on the app. Um, all of our shows are there. They also do the whiskey throttle show as well on that app with the saturday night races with david bailey also a huge shout out to works connection um honda uses all their parts not all their parts but they have master cylinder covers and stuff like that from works connection also scott's motorsports scott sports usa huge shout out to those guys all their goggles are made in the usa so please check them out and then we also have a chirby's um they have a new color coming out soon for plastics. There's going to be a metallic color coming soon, so please be on the lookout for that. Huge shout out to Cherbies for coming on board with us for 2022, and then also Works Connection or not Works Connection, sorry, uh, Bell Ray. Me and Cody have been traveling all all week hustling Bell Ray. It's been a really good time, you know, just educating people on oil and kind of what makes oil um, a necessity, right? A maintenance that you need to do every you know couple hours on your motorcycle to keep that thing top notch. The Tommy that we have on tonight, he'll definitely tell you, you know, oil is important. So please check out all the Bellray products. And then also last but not least, but Motion Pro. Every mechanic we have on the show, they definitely use the Motion Pro products. So please check out Motion Pro at motionpro.com. But enough about sponsors, enough about me. Let's get to our guest. Like I said, he's worked with Trey Kennard. He's worked uh, with Ken Roxon, the Lawrence Brothers. He's at the Honda Semi every week. And he also is now the new mechanic for the up-and-coming Chance Hymas. It's uh, Tommy Harris. What's up, man? How are you? What's up, Triple J? Good to be on, buddy. I'm just hanging out. I'm glad it worked out. You know, it's I know your guys' schedule is wide open right now with Supercross and everything, so I'm glad we were able to make a little bit of time and, and get you on. We had your blood brother on last week, Cam Camara, so we're just getting all the Honda boys on. Yeah, I'm going to start calling this the HRC show. I like it. Hey, you know, I think it's in the budget. You think Lars can get us the budget? I'm, I I think I mean, the budget. He did, he did Pulp on Monday, right? I'm sure he'll come on here. Yeah, no problem. It's there you go, man. Easy, but no. Can we uh, get a moto, moto spot sticker on the bike or something? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what that what that would cost me. You know, sometimes oh, you got to yeah. spend money to make money, right? So <laughs> yeah, screw it. Um, but for you, dude, it's it's nuts. You know, four rounds in, did you see the season going like how it's going? You know, Kenny wins round one, Chase wins round three, and you know, Hunter's been on the podium every weekend. Like it's it's been pretty crazy over there under the red tent. Dude, we've had a good start of the season for sure. And, and like Kenny said, I didn't expect it coming in. He didn't. I don't think any of the team really expected that. He he uh, he kind of pulled a veteran move, got a good start, and just kind of cruised to the finish while there's a lot of chaos behind him. But, dude, Chase, honestly, straight up, that guy is unreal. He is on a whole nother level this year, and I'm super excited to see where it's going to. He's uh, – He's learned a lot from his mistakes last year and yeah. even last weekend, a podium. Uh, I think last year he would have rode over his head and tried to catch Anderson and possibly made a mistake doing so. But this this year he, he took he took the third. He um, he knows what nights he can push uh, uh, that level and what nights he can't. And I think he made a really smart and uh really smart move by just going for a podium and and you look back and every season of past champions rv especially dungy 
if they're not winning, they're on the podium bottom line, and that's what it's going to take. So yeah, and I'm excited for Chase right? for the rest of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you know a lot of people gave Blair crap a couple years ago because Blair's like, man, I could see Chase win the championship for 2021. And they're like, man, you're drunk. And it's like if Chase kind of would have just put together, like the dude's got speed. He's got talent. It's just we got to get him being consistent. And right now he's only, you know, six points down going into round five. And it's uh, I believe it's a triple crown this weekend, too. So it yep. should be uh, should be pretty exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if the 23's got the red plate here here soon. Ah, oh, man, I hope so. I mean, if you remember the last time we were in Phoenix, Triple Crown, Kenny swept all three. So I'm yeah. hoping we'll have an all red, uh, all red podium again, man. That'd be awesome. Man, for you guys, it's it's a new bike. Uh, new, it's the second year of the new bike. Second year of the yeah, new yeah, bike, second yeah. Second year of the new bike. So it's still, it's still a learning phase, right? Like you're still working. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, you work with Canard. What's that process been like for you guys just kind of testing and tuning and, and having Trey around to kind of help? get that bike dialed in for these guys so initially when first when trey first came on um we we worked a lot with what we had but lately he's actually moved uh he's he's doing our testing as well as the r&d testing for the oem bike so he's already got a sneak peek at what's coming down the line in the future and what has worked for the OEM testing is, yep. and he can kind of come in and, and say, Hey, cause you're kind of, you're kind of stuck in a box. Um, the OEMs want to make a bike work for everyone. Good. Right. And we're trying to make a bike work perfect for one rider, uh, two riders, obviously two different setups, but yeah. he can, uh, he can, he's, he gets to see it early on. So that's always nice. We kind of get a, he kind of gets a uh, sneak peek at everything and, and gets us a direction that we can go to straight off the bat. Um, that doesn't mean it's always the right direction, but it gives us an idea, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, Hey, like here's, here's the ship. We want to go this way. And if we kind of get a little off course, we'll just br- try our best to bring it back. So yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, with, with Trey too, it's nice because we get so many different part options. Um, we've got a lot of smart personnel on the team that come up with good ideas as well as everything yeah. that comes over from Japan. So it's Trey's job basically to weed through all of the uh, different ideas and different parts and different things we get. And then the ones that stick, uh, we can introduce to Kenny and Chase. So, and now so he's riding the 250 as well. So we can introduce that to the Lawrence brothers. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. I like I said, it's just from what I heard. It's like if you guys have three link, like if you have ten linkages, then Trey kind of narrows it to three, and you're like, all right, here's three for Kenny or three for Chase, and like you guys see which one you like the best. That's kind of what I heard. Exactly. I how much that's true? Yeah, but yeah. That's kind of what I heard. That's the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's obviously it gets a little bit more complicated when you get down to the brass tacks, but right. But the, the, the ballpark. Yeah, the ballpark. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I can only imagine T. Like freaking seeing Trey on a two fifty again. I bet that's sick. Oh dude. He <laughs> he was pretty nervous about it actually. Um he, he rode outdoors on it, had a blast and everything. And he was kinda nervous to ride it on the supercross track, but once he got out there on the two fifty, man, he had a blast. He it, it, you couldn't wipe the smile off his face. He he was pumped all day. You guys got a pretty fun team over there, so I I don't know if, if Trey's kind of you know getting a little looser now that he's retired. But I wonder if he comes off the track and kind of tells Hunter and Jet like, you know, boys, I got you today. Like I'm feeling frisky. Like I I got you covered. I lose you every time he gets on the track. 
It, oh. it is so impressive. That's funny. I think I, I think right. I lost it, you for a quick second. I don't know. Oh, um, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. But like, I, oh, right, okay. after, right after I asked the question, it, all I heard was it was so funny. My bad. Oh, no, you're good. He's uh, he impresses the hell out of me. He, he's yeah. cr- dude. He, he'll come. He, so he'll be in Oklahoma. He's got a bike out there and everything. And okay. he he won't ride for a little bit because he's got a baby and a family and stuff. So he'll be like a week off the bike and say, "Hey boys, spend. Oh, I want to spend the first half of the day like just getting knocking the rest off." Dude, by lap five, the dude is out there crushing it, just <laughs> up, up pace with the Lawrence boys and and, and Chase and Kenny. So yeah. that guy impresses the hell out of me. He he is still a phenomenal rider. Yeah, he could line up and get top ten. I bet if he if he trained, you know, like if he got his uh, stamina up, hundred yeah. percent, he could line up and still get top ten. God, just naturally gifted for sure. It's unreal. It's it's awesome watching him. Yeah, no, I can only I can only imagine. But for you, like it's kind of been a long road. Not really, I wouldn't say long road, but it's been kind of fun. You're you're an ex racer yourself and still ride, but you come more from the off road world and and you're kind of now one of the big wigs over there at HRC. And um, what's it like to kind of come from the Baja off road scene to now being Supercross motocross? Big take mafia, man. It's in my blood. I love it. Um, yeah, man. So I uh. I started riding dirt bikes when I was like 13, 14 and late bloomer. My, yeah, a little bit. Um, my pops used to actually race down at Baja on quads. Okay. Baja quads. Yeah. Every, yeah. You're right. Who cares? Who cares? You're riding. So he, he actually had some, he raced pro quad down there, had some success with all that. And so he, he always loved the desert. Um, he, he put me on a quad a little bit, but then I shortly, jumped onto a bike after that and then uh just started riding in the desert uh because that that's what he did and then that transitioned into doing some works races some national hair town um just some west coast stuff kind of the local stuff and then okay i kind of got the the bug you know the racing bug and we started chasing the series and then I ended up racing some best in the desert with uh, Clay Hengefeld. He's uh, Steve Hengefeld. If you're a Baja fan, you you know exactly who Steve Hengefeld is. So his son Clay, him and I raced best in the desert together. We won a championship in 2D Pro class, and then okay. um, just kind of chased warps and all the West Coast stuff. Got invited to uh, go race on some teams a couple times down in Mexico, and and tried my hand at that. Kind of have some. Uh, open ends down there that I, that I, I wish I could go back and, and get a podium or, or get a win down, down and score. Cause yeah, man, w- growing up watching dust of glory and everything like that, even to this day, I've watched that movie 5,000 times and it puts chills down my spine every single time. Like if, if you want to talk about racing passion, a hundred percent for me, it's, it's down in Baja. Okay. It's not quite what it was in, in the late nineties, early thousands today but um man something about down in mexico it 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 really gets me going so is there any any motocross race because you can't say supercross because it's in a stadium but motor is there any motocross race that just even competes with the the life of of baja because i heard mexico is is wild like it like when they say what happens in vegas stays in vegas i feel like baja is like any i don't even know how you would compare it but i've i it seems like it's a good time down there, but you got to be a little careful. Yeah. Um, the only 
thing I'd like, the only thing I could possibly think of is like, is European super crosses maybe where okay. you're racing it. Like I've heard some stories about racing in Russia and, and, uh, Germany and stuff like that, where you're in some sketchy places. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I could really think of. Okay. Um, but there is a, there's a stigma about Mexico, about it being dangerous and this and that. And personally, I know people that have had issues, but personally, I've never had an issue down there. I've been okay. going down there since I was 16, 17, riding down there since I was about that age as well. And I think most of the issues um, you hear about are close to the border where all the cartel is and everything. But gotcha. once you okay. get past the border, towards Ensenada and even um, further south, it starts becoming what Baja truly is. I feel like the, that border stigma kind of taints the whole country, but um, it, it is honestly, it's beautiful people, beautiful, it's beautiful land, man. There, there's some, some of the coolest scenes I've ever, I've ridden in pine forests down through the mountains, some badass single track right on the beach. Like That's I've sick. gone, I've seen every view you can see a lakeside, view of the pine forest down to the beach and everything in between like there's there's nothing like Baja. okay yeah i've never been it's it's kind of been on my list but like you like you just said i, I you just you hear stories so you like don't really want to go by yourself you kind of want to go with people that kind of know the area but maybe yeah. one of these days i'll get down there but for you you've been on hondas it seems like forever like you came out of the womb in red but how how did the <laughs> transition from you know honda off-road Baja works like how did you get into like hey I want to go work at HRC and and be at the track what is it 28 weekends out of the year or whatever it may be oh man it at least this year it was damn near every single weekend <laughs> oh yeah because you do amateur so, stuff too I forgot like mini O's we had a good time this year at mini O's so, yeah, yeah we had some fun didn't we <laughs> yeah so I mean yeah I forgot about amateur stuff so yeah you're gone like quite a bit yeah so Basically, I was I was riding and, and racing, and um, I had I had a little bit of success like that that uh, best of desert championship and and a couple podiums and a couple top fives here and there at some of the um, works races and, and pro two, but uh, or sorry, pro two lights the two fifty class, okay. um, but it, it just wasn't really panning out. I, I to kind of make money in that series, you kind of have to be the guy. Like, um, I raced quite a bit with Dante Oliver coming up. So we're about the same age bracket. I'm a, I'm a year or two older than him, okay. but, uh, he, he was the guy. Now he's riding for Red Bull KTM and stuff. And it's just, there's no money in that. And like, I, I wanted to have a future and, and not, not be stressing and, and living penny to penny. So yeah. I kind of, I always maintain my bikes. I built my bikes. I, and if you know me from, from back in those days, you always knew my bikes were top notch. I, I, I emulated the factory Hondas to the T, scrubbed my frames, polished my bolts. I mean, copied their graphics, like down to the T, my bikes looked like their bikes. And, uh, so at a certain point I kind of said, I'm going to stop riding and I'm going to try and chase this, this mechanic thing and at the time i was actually um hanging out with our head 450 engine builder's daughter um so i grew up in torrance where our shop is so some of the personnel lives out here in torrance so that's how i ended up meeting them 
Okay. And then I went, I, uh, I quit racing. I moved from Torrance to Arizona, uh, started going to MMI and then still, I still raced and rode a little bit, not quite as much, but I mean, I still had the bug. It was kind of that transition era in my life. But anyways, uh, I was going to MMI, all that was going great, straight A's, everything was good there. And then, um, I was going to every single supercross and outdoors that was in with driving distance, walking through the pits, talking to everybody. And I actually had a job lined up at, uh, JMC. They were a, uh, privateer Husky team. Yep. Um, I believe the owner of that team is now the crew chief at star for the 250 side. Okay. But, uh, so I, I had the job lined up there for when I graduated and about a month and a half, two months out of graduating, uh, our 450 engine guy called me and said, Hey, we have a position open and they're looking for a younger guy. Uh, maybe straight out of MMI, they could train him to be the guy they want him to be. And they, they want a, a true Honda guy that's going to stick around for a long time and bleeds red. And he said, he, that's, that's obviously me. If yeah. anyone that knows me knows that. Right. Like you so, kind of check all the boxes. That's why I'm calling. Exactly. You yeah. Yeah. When, when they told him that he said, I know the exact right guy. So they gave me a call. Two days later, I was back in California and at Honda for my interview. That's um, I, I got the call at school, uh, went by U-Haul on the way home, packed up the U-Haul. Uh, half a day later, was driving to California. So I obviously took that job, and I've been right. there about, it's thinking a month and a half, two months. It'll be four years. Oh, damn. Okay. Time flies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now we fast forward four years and you're getting ready to, to, uh, or no, you're already working, but he's working on becoming the next supercross star, uh, Chance Hymas. Like how'd that conversation go? Was it one of those things where like, Hey, we got, we got a guy, you know, I didn't know. I don't know who's Chance. I think Chance was coming off Cowie's with Primo and sounds like Primo's going to stay at Cowie. Um, John Primo for people that don't know, um, Sounds like he's gonna stay. He's an awesome guy, by the way. Yeah, dude, super. Tons of respect to him. Rad guy. Yeah, I got to talk to him a few times about with my KX125 build. And any time I had a question, nine o'clock at night, John, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Okay, this is what you're doing. This is what I have for sale for my bike. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, thanks, dude. Have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, John's a good dude. That is awesome. But like for Um, you, like so, you guys do the deal. Did they talk to you kind of before the deal happened and ask if you on the job or did they kind of see if they were going to bring Primo over? Like, I don't know how much of de- into detail you can go into that, of course, but did they come to you first and say, Hey, like we got a kid we're looking at. So, um, I obviously with uh, factory connection go away, they, they were our, um, support and our, our right. feeder, right. um, to, to riders. So they, they had a whole amateur program that would lead into their pro program, which then would lead into our, uh, factory program. Example, Chase, Chase went through their entire program and now he's on our team winning races. So yep. when that went away, it was kind of a hit to us as well in the long term because we would lose out on, on those opportunities. So when that went away, obviously everyone's scrambling to, uh, get a 250 program up and going and, and the Lawrence boys are killing, killing it for that. But once that kind of got all settled in, they wanted to figure out, I'm assuming I wasn't told straight up, but I'm assuming they wanted to figure out an amateur program. And then, um, I believe Myrtle started talking to us and that was, uh, 
something that worked out. I believe um, his mechanic was going to stay at Cowie the whole time. I, I don't believe there's any talk to him coming over. Okay. And we didn't have an amateur program set up at all. So we, uh, between me, uh, my crew chief Hutch, uh, our motor guys are killing it for, for us and everything. Um, we got, we made a amateur program out of, out of, uh, basically thin air and put together a program and, and, um, Lars and Eric decided I would, which I was super interested in it anyways. Um, when I heard about it, I, I put my name in the hat and they had already Lars. It, it was actually Lars's idea even before he was, uh, team manager to have me be his mechanic when they first started, when Mertz first started talking to Honda about it. So, okay. uh, when, um, when Lars told me that I'm like, dude, I am hundred percent in that, that I'd love to do that. So, um, fast forward to now we, we built up a, a decent little amateur program just for uh chance and I'm his, uh, race mechanic. So I try to do as much practice stuff as I can, but, I do many more roles than just chances, uh, chances mechanics. So, um, he's actually very good with working on bikes and he frames bikes himself and everything, which is oh, nice. Uh, okay. nice for me. It, it kind of takes a little bit of load off me. I could just ship him parts and then, uh, he rebuilds his bikes, maintains his bikes, which is awesome, which gives me more time to do all my other roles on the team. And, and then I just kind of roll up to the races with my tools and, Pat him on the butt and say, go get him, buddy. I like it. Yeah, you don't hear about a whole lot of fast amateur, ki- amateur kids working on their motorcycles. So that's pretty yeah, cool. But it, I've heard he's a different I mean, even in the even in the whole paddock, you don't hear about riders taking care of their own bikes. He, his dad, Chris, I think is – they've got an awesome family, and Chris has taught him very well. And uh, Chance is definitely not afraid to uh, work on a bike. He, he – actually really enjoys he's a he's a tool nut like i am too awesome and uh he he loves he loves all the the special tools and everything and he's all into it so yeah it's, it's cool man he he does a good job with his bikes yeah i've heard nothing but good things about the about him and the family like just like super down to earth rad just good country you know idaho a family that's all about the working class you know they don't want any handouts they want to earn everything and i can definitely respect that for sure yeah, they're they're awesome people, man. I they they haven't done a single thing that I've looked at sideways or anything. They they uh definitely stand up people for sure. That's awesome. So for you, like um like you just said though, you're not his his practice mechanic, just race mechanic. Do you guys expect him to do? Because right now he's hurt, of course. But is the plan right now just to do like Freestone and Loretta's and Mini O's, or does he want to do some like off races as well? So his dad sets up um, his schedule for the year and they throw in works races. They throw in local races. They, they're, they, as much racing as they can do, they'll take. Okay. Um, our, our plan right now, he is actually back on the bike as we speak. Um, I think today was his second day back on Supercross. So oh, he nice. is going to race some of the, um, the, uh, what were those things? The futures or whatever. He's going to race Arlington. And then, uh, it, obviously he's got to qualify for Salt Lake, but if all goes well there, then, uh, we'll be at Salt Lake. As well, totally. That's, that's sick. Like I think for him and, and all these kids that are coming up riding super cross, super cross, super cross, super cross already with, you know, with the top guys, you know, you're seeing a little bit with Deegan too. Like 
I think this is a great move. You know, it's going to teach these kids like, hey, this is this stuff's no joke. These these old future tracks are nothing like the real world. And I'm excited to see kind of how with the new rules and everything, it's I think it's going to set up for better, better progression with these guys coming up. Yeah, man, it they're riding the real deal They're Yeah, um, I know. I know Oakland was uh, the whoops were kind of mellow there and True, stuff. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at if you look at a two this past weekend, those whoops were pretty gnarly. I mean, or sorry, not A2. Where were we? San Diego? San Diego, What yeah. was... No, no, what, you're what right. A2. 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 Yeah. yeah, you're right. Those, those, uh, those whoops weren't weren't no joke. And they they sent those future boys through them. And, and they... I'm pretty sure I didn't see anyone blitzing them. So they're they're not making it easy on them. So they, they get to ride the real deal. They get to see what they're going to have to do when they go pro. And... Um, I think it's good. I, yeah. I think uh, I think it is a little bit harder for some of the um, families and, and riders that aren't on teams that don't have access to the tracks and everything that have to ride the public tracks and everything. Um, but at the same time, it, it does give them a option to uh, to see what they're actually going to do. It does give them a realistic uh, view of the next coming years if they do decide to go down that road. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, I think it's one of those things too, to like what's going to happen in, you know, five, 10 years, right? You know, these, these bikes are progressing. These kids are getting faster. I mean, 65 is back in the day compared to what 65 is an hour now. Um, these bikes are just getting gnarlier and gnarlier and same with, you know, two fifties and four fifties. You guys are now on the new two fifty F and, that thing's probably a rocket ship. So I can only imagine what, what's going to happen as, as time goes by. And it seems like, you know, what was it last week? Like Tomac posted a photo of, it's like a step on step off and he jumps over the whole thing. And it's like, these guys are just getting so creative. Right. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they, they keep building these super cross tracks to, for these new up and coming riders, because man, you look at guys like chase and, um, who else is new to the class? Uh, I can't. Th- I'm having a brain fart right now. But just, just the new up and coming kids are so technically advanced. You know, you look at, like I said, with Chance, he's just, he's not probably far off the Lawrence brothers. You know, he probably can't run 20 minutes with them, but he's probably going to be able to hold his own for at least you know five to 10 minutes. I would imagine, right? He's he was he's closer than you would think. Yeah, um that's what I'm kind of preseason. Saying. Pretty, pretty preseason. He surprised. Yeah, preseason. He surprised me how close he was to Hunter when he was out here. Um, yeah, I mean, he, they're these amateur kids are no joke, and it's funny because these kids on on sixty fives now that are racing sixty fives at Loretta's and everything, they might be on electric bikes by the time they get to Supercross. Dude, I know. I've I was thinking about that the other day. I was like joking around with somebody. I was like, Ryder Ellis, I feel bad for. It. Like, why? I'm like, his homie might be on electric bike when he gets to Supercross. Dude, right? Yeah, his his dad's gonna be over there with computer programming. Uh, yeah. Uh, electric motors instead of ECUs for, for horse strokes. Yeah, Josh Hill's going to be the team manager of the VARG Supercross team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try, no, try and better hurry up and, uh, and build some electric bikes. No get lie. Get ahead of the game. But, like, it's funny. Like, I was honestly thinking that, and I kind of forgot about that for a minute, but you just you just reminded me, like, you know, Kennard's getting kind of an eye into the future, and I'm like, how many electric bikes have homie ridden so far? And I know you can't answer that, but I was definitely thinking it when you said Kennard was already seeing into the future. I was like, he's definitely probably going to be seeing some electric stuff here soon. 
to my knowledge, the only electric bike that's ever been in the state side is the Alta. So okay, okay. I, I think, I think Trey's actually messed around on the Alta before. Um, yeah. Just his buddies back at Oklahoma. He, he said it was a blast. Yeah. I, I I've, I've ridden one too. I, have you ridden one or no? no I have not. No. I, I got to ride one. And when I was in Arizona, uh, the owner of, uh, AEO, uh, he had a demo bike and I was at a Canyon one night and he let me ride it. Dude, it was such a blast. If I had a spare 10 grand and they were still around, I would seriously think about buying one. They, they look like they rip. Like, honestly, the videos that Hill and, and then Pat posted about the Varg, like it looks pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. Do like, you, you see him hitting the concrete whoops on that makeshift supercross track? Yeah. Like it's insane. That was gnarly. Yeah. I mean, you guys do have an electric, or, you know, HRC does have an electric pack over in Japan. And of course, it's just a prototype. But the fact that it's already being tossed around is pretty gnarly. Yeah, man. I, I, I would love to see that thing. I, I have I have zero knowledge on it. And I, I'm yeah. pretty sure everyone in the States has zero knowledge on it, too. I think that's a pretty. Uh, secretive project they got going on but from the looks of it man that thing is going to be rad it's going to be cool when one of the major oems comes out full bore with a, a real electric bike i know ktm's got that um three ride thing but yep that's not a full-on supercross motocross bike but no. when we do get a full-on supercross motocross bike like if this if this bar thing is as good as they say it is it's going to change the game for sure yeah, you know, everybody, you know, I can imagine this is what's going on in the 90s, right? 98, 99, people are like, man, screw four strokes. Man, two strokes forever. And it's kind of, we're now, we're like that now no, next generation. Man, screw electric bikes. We want four strokes. Like, it's kind of just a new, that new world, right? It's a new generation. So yeah. We just kind of le- learn to accept it and kind of live on. And I would imagine it's just going to be like two strokes. Like, four strokes will never go away, but. You're going to have people that are like, man, I just want an electric bike. I want to ride. I have an acre at my house. I got water and I want to ride in my backyard and nobody will even know yep. I'm back here. Like it's just exactly, it honestly could yeah. be great for our sport. So honestly, I'm, I'm all game for it, especially like living out in California and stuff, all the green sticker rules and red sticker yeah, rules they just sure. crack down on and everything. It's, it's going to make a lot of those types of things go away. I think it'll, it'll keep a lot of the sport alive. The only thing I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant about is, to get into the market, I think it initially it's going to be really expensive because I mean you look at that Alta, and it's equivalent to a two fifty, and it costed what ten eleven grand, yeah. and a two fifty costs like a full on race. A CRF two fifty R is what like seven eight grand or something like that. So Shit, it's quite a bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. New in twenty twenty one CRF two fifty R, you're going to be about ten G bars. No, are you serious? Yeah. With oh, it depends on the dealership. But if a dealership tax on the fees and everything, yeah, you're you're about 10, 10 G's out the door for a, for a new two fifty R. Okay, well yeah. maybe maybe I'm off the point on that one, dude. There's Man, a, there's yeah. a there's a guy. I don't know what shop it is, but there's a guy that has a, a Kawasaki four fifty SR posted on their website for nineteen nine ninety nine. I was like, oh my god, it's incredible. You could buy a standard one and build it for fifteen. I know it's just nuts, though. Like it's just the world we live in. It's like, man, like people just right now. It's you can't keep bikes in stock, so you just got just got to get the money while you can, I guess. But hopefully, wow. hopefully it uh, comes back. But enough about that kind of stuff. Let's get back to you. We're like I said, we're four rounds in. 
what's what's it like you know at the supercross races you know you were you're an off-road racer but the nerves and and the goosebumps and all that i mean does it ever get tiring or is it just like opening ceremonies you're like holy shit i'm down here on the floor of a supercross like is it pretty pretty gnarly like like eye-opening a little bit so every once in a while, I get to be down in the tunnel during uh, opening ceremonies if uh, the 250 boys are heat one. Okay. And every single time the national anthem goes off and then they they launch the fireworks at the end and everyone's got their phone lights on it. Every time I get <laughs> the gnarliest chills. That never goes away. Yeah, I bet. And then my heart rate spikes. Not Obviously not as high as... as um, it would if I was out there riding, but when I'm watching our boy, like, cause I put in so much work with these guys and I, I care about their results as much as they do. So yeah. dude, my heart rate, my heart rate is freaking through the roof while they're riding and, and I'm into it and I'm, I'm pointing stuff out on the radio and, and, and calling out lap times if the mechanic needs it, all sorts of shit. Like I'm, I'm right there with it, man. It, it definitely, it's not quite the same as riding, like you're saying, but man, it, it is, uh, it's the next best thing for sure. Yeah. I, I can, I, I, Cameron and I talked about it last week and it's, it's one of the things where I never had a guy that was fighting for championships. You know what I mean? It was just, we were kind of hanging out 27th, 25th, you know, top twenties years in there getting close, but the stress and the nerves I had for those guys, I could only imagine what it was like, you know, for you guys just fighting for, you know, championships and wins and stuff like that. You know, which, you know, when Chase was behind Marvin and then made the pass for the lead, you're like, all right, come on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just count. it's probably the longest 15 minutes you ever watched a Supercross. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I can only imagine what it's like for y'all. Dude, the last eight laps, I had my fingers crossed in my hand. <laughs> I, I, That's I, awesome. I folded my arms and, and crossed my fingers, man. I was like, like, cause I stand on the, uh, the bike stand behind the mechanic in case the, in case we have an issue, I'm right there to help hop in with the rider. So I'm, I'm standing up above them. I can see, I got a good view and I'm just standing on top of the, the stand, rocking back and forth, crossing my fingers. Like, come on, buddy, pull this off, pull yeah, this bring off. Bring it home, bring it home. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, the nerves get up there, man, for sure. Yeah. Cameron made a point that, uh, so I asked him what, what it was like when, when Hunter made the mistake on the whoops at San Diego. And he said that you think that he might, he was going to about to snap the pit board. What, 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 what was going through your mind when you watched him go, when you saw Hunter go down? Oh man. I, I mean, initially I was bummed because yeah. dude, he had the speed. He, he was on that night and, and same thing, man, you're, you're, you're sitting there hoping and praying like, dude, you got this, you got this. You're talking yourself in your mind. And dude, when you made that mistake, I was just gutted. And I looked down at Cam and the, the tough loss that the mechanic stand behind that put the board over. Yep. Cam slammed his uh, pit board on top of that. I Dude, if he would have done it any harder, that thing would have snapped right now. That's insane. Yeah, he's, he said it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to ask Tommy about it next week and see what, what was going through <laughs> Tommy's mind when this, all this happened. A little different perspective. Yeah. We we were gutted for sure. He was dude. He was so pissed after that. That I mean, he he still came back and was really close until he got a little screwed up by a lapper. But yeah, man, he he pushed hard that race. He he deserved that one, and and uh, we were all all pretty bummed and felt gutted for him. Yeah, he's right there. He's he's just like Chase, you know. Like there's that red plate's knocking at the door. You know, Chase is a little yeah. closer, but 
anything out of Craig and you know, no disrespect to Craig, but he's his worst enemy. So any, anytime he's on the track, you're just like, all right, what, what's going to happen today? So if Hunter keeps doing what Hunter's doing, there's, he's right there in it. He's just got to stay, stay positive And I think he can pull it off. So we'll see how it all goes. Yeah. He's a bulldog, man. He just keeps working and working and working and he doesn't stop until he gets, gets what he wants. So for sure, for sure. I've got faith in him and I know he's going to be there till the end. And he's, he's, got some good seasons under him now and uh he's got some good experience and i think he can definitely pull it off so like you said i mean christian's riding amazing right now not to take anything away from him i've I've worked with him in the past got a good relationship with him and okay man even if he wins i'll be pumped for him but obviously we want our guys to win and uh and with christian he he's extremely fast and it looks like he's minimized all his mistakes but you never know with these dirt bike things between exactly. um, injuries at the test track or or mechanicals or anything like anything can happen and we need to be there um obviously hunter's busting his ass and working on speed and working on whoops and we're all trying to make the bike as the best it can be and and getting to that point that Christian, that high level that Christian's at. And uh, I think we're damn close, if not on the same level at this point. And you just got to be Mr. Consistency to, uh, to capitalize on any mistakes from Christian's end. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's the mindset you take. Just, just go watch the 2000, you know, 15 season with Dungey and, you know, or 13 at, we know whatever season, just go watch Dungey his, do his championships. Yeah, just exactly. be there Always every weekend, there. get on the podium, do your job, and it'll all work out. So I'm excited for Hunter. Exactly. I think he's uh, he's right there. So, But back to you, dude, Supercross, Motocross, amateur racing, do you have a favorite? Is there one you're like, man, I'm really looking forward to this? Or is it just like, all right, we're waking up and we're going to do our job? Or do you kind of have a preference, Supercross, Motocross, amateurs? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, Man, there's... I kind of do so many different things. I know that's what I'm thinking. That like, you've like, done a lot. You're in it all. You're like, I don't even know how what, what I'd peg you as. You're like a, uh, I don't even know what this. I don't even know. But you're everywhere. My I just official know you're everywhere. title. I just know you're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> my official title is test bike technician, but okay. I'm the extra guy at the races. Um, I take care of all trace bikes. I take care of our test truck. I do all the chances stuff. I do a lot of special projects around the shop. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place, but yeah, that's why they wanted a young guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, there, there's a couple spots, uh, go back to your question. There's a couple spots on, on the supercross, uh, season, um, that come to mind. I really like Arlington, really like San Diego. I really like Glendale. Um, with the amateur scene, I haven't really been in the amateur scene. Cause I, I was lucky. I got to go straight to a factory 450 team right away in the industry. So I, I didn't okay. really spend all that much time with, um, with amateurs. So honestly, I don't know which races are fun for those ones. Um, I, I do really, really enjoy being at the races with chance. I think him and I have a already have an awesome relationship and it continues to keep getting better and better. Um, so anytime I'm on the line with him or even at the test track with him and Jake and his family, like yeah. it, it's always awesome spending time with him. Cause like we were saying, like I do so many different things on the team, but I'm not, that's the only time I'm a dedicated race guy. 
Yeah. I'm not just kind of a helping hand to everyone and, and anything. So any time I spend with chance is kind of, kind of special to me because I get to kind of focus on one thing and, and do that one thing the absolute best I could possibly do. Yeah. And actually you just brought it up. I was getting ready to ask you, but you brought it up first. Fucking Jake Weimer, dude. What's it like to be around Jake Weimer? That guy, that, <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the legend. Just lights champion. Working with Hymas, Idaho boy, both Idaho boys. I I feel like he's a good time. Jake and Coke, man. Yeah, uh, for real. He he is awesome to work with. He um obviously coming into this thing, he's worked with Chance longer than I have. So I had a lot of questions for him. Uh, what makes Chance kick and, and what I can do to get the best out of him and when to push him and when to uh, leave him alone and everything. And man, that guy is on top of it. He he knows a lot. He is extremely smart um, about this sport of motocross. And man, working side by side with him with Chance is, is honestly awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as his knowledge and, and a working relationship, but then a personal relationship, dude, the guy is so freaking funny. Whenever you're around him, you, your cheeks are sore by the end of the day. Your your stomach is just sore from laughing all day. That that dude does not stop making me laugh. Yeah, he's got little rant, like mini O's. Dude. He has like some random one liners. You're like, what the fuck did he just say? But then you're just next thing you know, you're rolling like you're just laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So that dude is so fun to be around. Yeah, and like for you, what's it like to balance that, right? So you have a, the parents, you have Chance, you got Jake, and then you got you, and then you got, you know, if Lars is there, and you got Lars, like how hard is it to balance all that just coming into Chance? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel like sometimes you just have to take a, take a step back, or do you feel like, man, let's let's all come together as a team and kind of figure it out? Or what's that What's that like for you? I think uh, what we have going on right now actually works really well. Yeah. Um, he is an amateur, so obviously there's going to be less. Um, we're going to be doing less to his bikes. There's going to be it, it's it's a different program than the pro program, and and that's what I'm used to. So yeah. sometimes I myself have to take myself back and say, "Hey, dude, this isn't Kenny's bike. This is Chance's bike. He's getting stock full, stuff yeah. like that." You know. Okay. Um, I and um, I think the relationship we have between the team. Um, between Chris, Chance's dad, uh, Jake, the whole program, I, I think it's it's meshing really well. The the Hymuses respect everyone, and and they're awesome to work with. So it just makes it super easy, and it's it's really um, organic. It's, yeah. it's nice. Makes it fun. Yeah, for sure. It, it just it honestly makes it easy because no one's stepping on anyone's toes. Everyone wants the best, and and on Honda's side, they they. Um, they just want to develop the best pro 250 rider they can. And um, that's awesome to see. And they, they honestly care more about making Pants a good pro rider down the line than, than his results in amateurs. Obviously we all want to win. We all want yeah. those titles. We all want the, the record books and everything. And, and that goes without saying, but to have the, uh, the higher ups care about his future more than the results is, is a really good feeling. Yeah. That makes it a little less pressure. I would feel like, so kind of makes you just, Hey, like just show up, do your job. And I was going to say too, with Jake around, you know, like his 450 career didn't, you know, go as, go as planned, but he had some great, some great results. And 
I feel like I don't know Jake, but it, from outside looking in, it seems like he had a really rough road. Like it wasn't handed to him; it wasn't an easy path. So I think that's good for for Chance too to say, "Hey, like this is kind of what you have to do, and you have to just grind it out." And I think Jake's going to push Chance to be more aggressive because Chance seems like just a nice, nice, laid back dude, you know, super friendly. So I feel like Jake's going to be like, "Okay, like you got to know when to be aggressive and when to kind of you know play your role." So. And again, this is all just outside looking in, but it seems like, I think, like you said, just everything's organic and it really meshes. No, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with that. Yeah, Jake is really good at, about uh, pushing him in those certain areas. And, and honestly, his his dad, Chris, is really good at it too. His, his dad, Chris, knows when to... Uh, when to push him on certain things and yeah. and when to tell and when to pull him back on other things and and leave him alone when he's doing the right thing and it it's it's or it like like we were saying organic it's it's yeah. very easy and smooth which has been a blessing to me yeah that's 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 cool though like you know it's one of those things where you never want to have somebody that's just hard to work with and it's just sometimes that's that's what happens but luckily for you you got a whole you know good solid crew around you like like you said with chris and, and chance and jake and lars and i got the chance to listen to lars and jake a little bit yesterday and even jake said he's like man he's like i was worried about going to honda you always hear it's corporate and this and that and he's like dude right off the gate like the vibes were good like we had fun and I, i'm excited so sounds like the whole program over there is pretty solid yeah we we've got a rad group of guys man everyone on the team is is got their awesome contributions as well as their awesome personalities like yeah we could all go to dinner and and not talk a single thing about work or moto or anything and have a blast but then turn around and it's not a miserable day at the shop like everyone gets along and we're all working for the same goal perfect so for you is chance pretty picky or is it kind of, you know, bars levers and, and that's it. Or is he kind of got some things like he's got to have, he's got to have, you know, this or that, or is he pretty laid back, you know, just give him a dirt bike and let him go rip it. Honestly, not really. No. Um, he is an amateur. So with the amateur side, it's more, you kind of get what you get. Uh, we do do our best to make it comfortable and, obviously suspension testing or rider triangle, anything like that. We, we dial them in there, yeah. but, um, he's, he's also pretty new to the Honda. Um, he rode our old bike when he first got on, um, just cause the, yeah, yeah, the old bike in. at Minio's, right? Yeah. It was old bike at Minio's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to, tr- to be truthful, it was still 2021. Yeah. So it's in twenty twenty two, he's riding the twenty two. <laughs> yeah, and that's what knows. I kept saying at many of. Yeah. People kept asking me and I was like, Hey dude, look at the calendar. It's still twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So <laughs> and it, it's it, that kind of goes to a test of his riding too, right? Like those star bikes are really good. He was on an older model and you know, next this year he's gonna be at Loretta's on the new model. You guys have worked up yeah. some cool stuff, so I'm excited to see kind of what he comes out and does on on the new model. We saw a little a little sprinkle of it at the AZ Open at the qualifier. Um, so. uh, he was on the old bike there. Oh, he was at the old bike on that too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. So okay. he hasn't he hasn't actually raced. He he's done a local race on the 450, but he okay. hasn't raced the new 250 yet. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. Freestone so. or, or no? Yes. Yeah, okay. we'll be we'll be there. Okay. Yep. Totally. So. Uh, yeah, basically everything from here out obviously will be new bike. He's been on the new bike since uh, since the photo shoot. Gotcha. Okay. 
How about that fly gear yes, though, sir. dude? He's making the fly gear, gear look good with that. Mon- he's got. I'm not trying to like suck off chance, but that dude's monster helmets are pretty f- fucking sick. They're dude, pretty dope. A- <laughs> AP Designs killed yeah, Brandon, it. He, Brandon's over there. If you guys haven't listened to Brandon's episode yet, BT was was on, and we talked about you know he works over AP and paints monster helmets for Chance and you know all the all the top riders. So if you haven't had a chance yet, please go check out that episode. He gives us a sneak peek of what it's like to be a painter and like man to be as creative as those guys are to paint as many helmets as they are and to keep coming out with rad stuff. It's pretty dang impressive. I'm gonna have to go listen to that one. I keep uh, I keep bugging K Day to get me a helmet so I can. Uh drop it off to Brandon and get me a cool. I've got a TLD one I painted way back in the day, but okay. I need a freshy fox lid, man. Yeah, K-Day's on next week. So I, I, oh, kicked, yeah? I kicked him out Hell for yeah. you this week. He's like, when am I coming? I was like, I got Tommy this week, dude. You can have next week. So oh, poor K-Day. No, don't say poor K-Day. That mofo's in, in Hawaii right now. Don't say dude, poor K-Day. Dude, a midweek trip to Hawaii? What, is he going straight from Anaheim to Glendale in a Hawaii stop in between? I, like, freaking big, baller. Big bucks over there at Fox News. Dude, dude New Spring, Hawaii. Like, we need to call Hoover and do budget cuts. Dude, <laughs> for real. Oh, uh, no, they're having I'm, a good time. Matty Moore is going to have to step in him, step in for him if he keeps freaking... Uh, yeah, he keeps going out to Hawaii, man. It's gonna be T Hayes and, and Matt at, at Glendale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of T Hayes, dude, we had some fun in Florida. I'm excited for Minios. What was that? Your first time at Minios? That was my first time. Yeah. What do you think of that that uh, that event? You know, with the Supercross track and and the motocross track being it. You know, Supercross first and motocross after. Do you kind of like how they do that? Do you feel like it should be all just moto? Like, what was your what was your experience like for Minios? Do you want my honest opinion or my corporate opinion? <laughs> I'll leave that one up to you. The listeners probably want the the real answer, but I ain't trying to get you oh, in trouble man. with Lars. <laughs> um, I would like to see it more of a real Supercross track. Okay. Um, I so you're, think we and you I, and I are on the same boat. You feel it's a sixty five Supercross track. No disrespect to Minios. Mm-hmm. Not even. Um, yeah. I would say that track reminded me of Paris's vet track. Okay. Um, I like the idea. Um, I, and I've never been to uh, Gatorback, so I was really shocked at how hard the dirt was there. Um, yeah. I came in thinking Florida. Like I, I've same, been to Florida. Same. I've I've seen I've seen the dirt there and everything, but I had never been there. So when I went there, I was thinking Florida dirt. And I was shocked at how hard pack it was. So, um, I think that threw in a different, uh, a different aspect I wasn't really anticipating, but I, I don't mind the Supercross to, um, outdoor back to back, uh, program. Okay. Everyone talks about, uh, amateur racing, kind of, uh, the schedule kind of being all over the place or they get late and they cut times and everything. Yeah. One thing I would really like to see is for maybe even the 250B class, but for sure, like Pro Sport, um, Pro Sport 250 and Pro Sport Open, I believe, and then there's 250A. I think for sure the Pro Sport classes, they should have a, sketch, a, a set time every single day so all the teams and mechanics know how much time they have between the, the races, when the staging is, when you're not running around all day trying to – Hey, what races? Uh, what what races in staging? What race needs to be on the line? This and that. Like you have a set yeah, like time and everything. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's going to be 20 minutes from, say, say 250 Pro Sports at 11 and 450 Pro Sports at 2. You still have a ton of time in between for all the families and stuff that don't have the resources for, uh, like the teams do, but it also gives the team set schedules and everything. Yeah. I would really like to see something like that implemented at all the uh, amateur races. Yeah. Um, it, it does kind of suck because you are dealing with so many entries and so many different yeah, sizes of bikes and classes yeah. and everything. They, they, for what it is, they do a good job. They really do. Um, That's exactly what I was just about to say. Like winning those guys, they have a lot on their plate and for how many entries they have, it's, it's nuts to see how they manage it. Like it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the track's for honestly sure. pretty rad. Like if you go watch like McGrath back in the day of that place, cause I had the same concept you did. I'm like, all right, deep loam sand. And then I saw a video, I think like pulp or someone did a video, uh, like a podcast and like that stuff looked like concrete blue groove, South SoCal like dirt. I'm like, it's Florida. I never would have expected that. Yeah. Uh, that outdoor track looks fun. That does, whole time I was like, fun. man, I wish I could ride this place. And, and being a Californian, a, a West coast guy, like, I, I've grown up riding hard pack my whole life, but yeah. I've had the chance to ride East coast a couple of times and man, it's crazy the amount of traction. And I feel like a fish out of water when I get in some East coast dirt. So out there, I was like, man, right in Florida, this layout's cool. They got some cool jumps. I wish I could, uh, the dirt is actually what I'm used to. I wish I could go out there and ride. Yeah. I feel like that'd be cool to be back on the schedule. Like, you know, a lot of people always complain we have the same races. So I don't know if MX sports and, and Wynn had a falling out or not. I'm not sure, but it would be cool to see a national go back there. Cause it, it definitely, I feel like is a national caliber style track, you know, long lap times, good amount of jumps where you can, you can have good racing. So we'll see. Maybe who knows, it, but, and it did run up pretty good, like down yeah, by the road sure. and coming back towards the finish. Like there was some pretty good ruts through there, man. Yeah, I would agree with that. So we're getting into round five. You've been doing this, like you said, four years now. What's it? What's what's some of the stuff you get to see throughout the week or throughout the months, throughout the years that you're like, this is pretty gnarly. Like maybe it's like a hand, like a Japan linkage or it's a Japan fork or whatever it may be. But does anything really like blow your mind, or is it kind of just like I've seen this all? Like you know, I used to race dirt bikes at the, you know one of the top levels in off road racing. Is it? Or is you, do you still get kind of giddy over some of that, that stuff? Oh, for sure. I still get giddy about it. Like, like you were saying, I, I come from racing myself and, yeah. and uh, privateer, obviously I, I was never good enough to be on any teams or anything. So I paid really close attention to the aftermarket scene and um, I've used tons of different companies on my bike throughout the years and, and kind of know what's out there and pay attention to it. So I know the quality of the stuff that's made here in the U S and everything. And even the stuff that's made here in U S for our factory bikes. And dude, some of the, some of the machining, like they've, they've got really smart engineers over there for, um, making parts, um, that work really well. And all that's awesome. And, And we've got good people over here too, that make really good products, but the actual machining itself is some of the best machining I've seen it it blows me like looking at a set of factory clamps or a factory linkage not just that it's billet and it's cool and it's shiny and it's it's different than stock it's it's the actual the the part itself is such a high quality of machining and material and everything it kind of blows you away it's it's yeah it's on the level of like f1 stuff it's it's really cool yeah you're like and another you're like holding another thing that, you're like whew. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Another thing that blows me away too is um, our electrical, especially on the 250 side, our guy Ricky Rock over there. He, and he's been teaching me quite a bit too with some of the chances stuff. And he actually helped me quite a bit on my dual sport. And so he's been teaching me things here and there. And man, seeing the stuff that he does to make a wire harness and and build a wire harness to exactly what the mechanics want, exactly what the the um, crew chief and the engine guy wants and, and the data and all that behind it, it, that is really cool too. And I'm starting to dive deeper and deeper into that and understanding it more. Yeah. And man, the more, the more I open my eyes to it, the more it impresses me. Yeah. I can only imagine the, the stuff you guys see, like, you know what I mean? I, I had a chance to pick up a set of HRC wheels. Um, and it was blew my mind how light they were. You know what I mean? With the, yeah. I, their mag, the mag, are they magnesium hubs? I believe. Oh um, uh, no, they're aluminum. Oh, they are aluminum. Okay. Yeah. They were just, they were just crazy light. And I'm like, man, what the heck? Um, so it was kind of, kind of crazy, but for you, I don't know if you could talk about this or not, but whose idea was it for chase to run X tricks? And again, like, I, I don't know if this is going into too much detail or not, but that was a big thing that I noticed right off the gate. And then of course he, he rocks them and then goes out and wins. Yeah, the first race he was on on me wins. Yeah, That's so it's, it right kind there, of huh? pointed out to me, and like some people didn't even notice. Like we posted on our on our our Instagram, and people were like, "Oh no way, I didn't even see that." I'm like, "Yeah, it's first weekend, no HRC clamp, X trig." Like again, I don't know how much detail you can go into, or if any, but just kind of caught me off guard, you know, for him because, like you said, those those guys overseas in Japan do so much work to make these HRC clamps. So I was just curious if you could talk about that at all. Yeah, uh, I can't go crazy into it, but yeah. um, like we were talking earlier, we tried tons of stuff with, with Trey, and um, this was an option that came available, and, and Trey gave some good uh, feedback on it, and we went ahead and went forward with it with our riders, and it ended up being good enough to go win a Supercross race on. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that, that was pretty cool. And like, I can't say that the X-Trigs, you know, made or break it for chase but it was pretty neat to see him get out of his comfort zone because you know a lot of people say you know when you when you're at a factory team you get this this and this and you know jake's one of those examples the cow from what i've heard cow was pretty strict on what he got to play with on his bikes so to see you guys let chase kind of do whatever he wants not say do whatever he wants but kind of get out of that realm of hey you got to run hrc this hrc that and then to go out and win, it's pretty cool to see you guys allowing your riders to kind of do what they feel best for them. Yeah, as, as long as I've been there, I don't think I've ever heard any of our guys tell our riders, no, you can't try this, no, we can't do that. Yeah. Um, so based off what you're saying, because Jake, Jake has told me some of the same stories of, of them being pretty um, – limited on what they could try and do and i haven't seen a hint of that with our team um granted maybe some stuff behind closed doors or whatever that that even i don't see but um from my knowledge if it works and it's going to be better and it and the writer likes it or it's going to make the writer perform better or it he he likes his bike better because it's on there yeah we're game to try it, man. As long as it's obviously not sponsor conflict or nothing like that. But right, uh, right, right, totally. If it uh, if it's gonna give us an advantage, why wouldn't we do it? 
Yeah. We want we want our bikes to be on the top. We want to be one two every single weekend. So why would we? You know, that's how I look at it. Um, from from observing over the past years, that, that's how the whole rest of the team is too. Yeah, that's rad to hear that because like. Like I said, this is just speculation that I've heard about Jake, and I don't, I don't want to dive into that. That's a whole other thing, but that's just what I've heard, and, it, and it's cool to hear, you know, because that's why I heard the big reason, you know, stars kind of how they are too. They're like, hey, whatever you want to do, we'll put we'll put a damn unicorn on the front plate if that's what will make you win a, win the race. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're a race team and your goal is to win races, yeah. you'd be kind of silly not to do everything you possibly could to make the rider go out there and win. Totally. I would agree with that. So we got a really cool segment. Um, huge shout out to JD Beach for helping me out with this segment. If nobody uh, has listened to our show and this is your first time, JD is a flat track racer. He's competed in Moto America. He's been over in Europe. He's won the Super Sport Championship in Moto America for Factor Yamaha. He is now signed a deal with Yamaha for American Flat Track. So please go check him out at JDBeach95 on Instagram. But we have this really cool segment called Beach Say What. He's helped me out. He's been a huge you know, part of my success on this podcast. I don't even know if I would say I have success. But my fun, janky radio show that I do, he's helped me out a lot with it. And he's got some questions for you. He wants to know, um, when you're working on your shop bikes, what's your go-to thing to listen when you're out in the shop? Is it music, podcasts, you know, just no, nothing. You just want to focus, no noise. Like what do you, what do you kind of go to when you're, when you're in your element building stuff? Um, I bounce between podcasts and music. Um, I'll, I'd say when I am listening, it's about 50, 50, when I am listening to, uh, music, I'd say 80% country. Sometimes it's rock. Sometimes it's rap. Um, and then for podcasts, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, uh, a lot of meat eater, uh, so, uh, some industry stuff. I'll, I'll, someone's on pulp. I know I'll listen to it. Your stuff. Um, Racer X every once in a while. Like, so I'll bounce around between different podcasts and stuff. Nice. Yeah. So kind of just have some fun and, are you guys all in the shop together at the same time, or do you do some guys kind of like to be in their own element by themselves, or is it kind of everybody's on a work schedule, you know, get there by 8, work on your shit, leave there by, well, nobody really has a real work day as a factory mechanic, but you kind of get what I'm saying. <laughs> With our riders, man, they're all over the place, so okay. uh, sometimes we are in the shop at the same time. Um, sometimes uh, some guys are at the track, some guys are at the shop, and um, but generally we're all there about the same time the guys from uh that live out in corona and stuff they they either come in a little bit earlier leave a little bit earlier uh try and miss some of the traffic you know and um or come in later leave later but uh yeah generally we're there if if we're not at the track we're all there okay totally um he wants to know what's the biggest difference from working with a veteran pro like trey compared to working with an up-and-comer like chance I really like so that question. I, That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. So I, I haven't um I haven't actually lined up behind a gate with Trey. So on the racing side, I, I couldn't tell you. Um okay. on the opposite side, Trey is just so knowledgeable when it comes to riding technique, to bike setup, to everything. Um I think Chance relies more on his team, he relies more on me on our suspension guys, on our crew chiefs. Um, obviously, he's got input. He knows what he likes and doesn't like. 
But uh, I, I think Trey could really lead us in a direction that he sees best and Chance kind of kind of more so follows what um, what we think is the best direction for him. So, I mean, not not to put him down or anything. It's just because yeah. he's newer. To yeah, he's the, only 16 uh, years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's one thing, too. Like, Trey's just been through it all, right? The, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows. That guy's been been everywhere and he's won championships in the lights class and he's won races and almost won championships in the 450 class so it's just uh yeah i think with all that combined with you know weimer and you and and lars and of course the you know kenny and all those guys like chance has a pretty good squad like if we're being honest oh for sure yeah so many people to learn from he's he's got a good relationship with the with the 250 boys with jet and hunter and and when he and Chase and, and Kenny have chimed in and helped because he's come out and ridden with us uh, outdoors and supercross. So yeah, it, they, they, it's awesome to see because chance doesn't even bother them with it, but they'll go out of their way to kind of help him out. And they see any pointers they could give them. They, they give it to him. And to be a 16 year old kid learning how to do this whole thing, to have some of the best guys in the world, parked in the same truck giving you tips all day is you can't replace that man no, that is that no, is it's pretty that pretty is nuts. unreal for him yeah yeah it's it's like just stuff you just take in right you just look and you're like holy crap like this is this is a lot like it, you yeah. just almost just it's almost memorizing because like you just said kenny's won titles he's one of the most naturally gifted guys on a dirt bike and now you got hunter and jet coming up and you know you got chase who makes it look so easy um, so I'm excited to see what chances futures hold. He's got some strong competitors with Hayden and, um, who else is coming up, right? But towers and, and those guys, talent Hawkins, like there's some, there's some good dudes behind him and in the same class as him. So I'm excited for the future of the sport and, you know, Kenny's getting older and I would say he's only got a couple more years left. He's, he could probably go longer, but you know, he's, he's done so much in the sport. He's probably on his way out. So I'm excited to see kind of all these guys come behind him. So you guys definitely have a good thing going, but JD wants to also know for you, um, your favorite day in the dirt or off road experience. Like you said earlier, I would imagine Baja is probably up there. Ooh, man. Um, I don't really go to day in the dirt to ride (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) I don't blame you there. I mean, you know me, we've had some fun. Like I go there and have fun. Um, Man, I, I was bummed to miss it this last year at Minios. Actually, all my buddies were sending me pictures and everything. Oh, um, yeah. so we're supposed to be doing one in Florida uh, in March. It's going to be day in the dirt. Oh south. yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little bit of hike for me. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just that was the thing for me. Like I'd never been before. And I'm like, oh, they're going to do one in Florida. It's like I was like, I wonder if it's going to be the same as you know Glen Helen. I I doubt it'll be the same, but I heard it's a good time. I've heard that Florida wants to get more and more traction every year they have it. So that, yeah, that yeah. might be fun to go do. Um, if we're talking like just, uh, just like fun aspect, day in the dirt, it, it's hard to beat, man. I've, I've, I've had some serious fun there. Um, I've also had a lot of fun at some off-road races. Um, I think that 2015 season with clay and best in the desert, might if we're talking racing wise might be um one of my favorite years or seasons it, it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one race because yeah. 
you're chasing all, I mean, it's like supercross. It's, it's kind of every, every, you might have one or two races that stand out, but it's a season as a whole. And, um, the Hengefeld family and my family are very tight, close, uh, family friends. And actually I'll get to see them this weekend in Glendale, which I'm super excited about. And, uh, so that 15 season when Clay and I, I'm actually looking at the trophy and the number one plate right now. Oh, nice. Um, when we, when we won that title, that was uh, a definitely a special year for me. And I'll remember that for a long time. Yeah. I can, uh, unfortunately I never got any number one plates unless we're talking about, you know, eating contests, but <laughs> I will say it would be pretty cool to, to have that. And for you to have one of those, it's, it's probably something you'll never forget. Like you just said, you'll never forget it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had some of the biggest legends in the sports helping out this, this 250 team ran out of my garage. It, we had uh, Bob Bell, which is the owner of Precision Concepts. He's got so much history in the off-road industry. Uh, he, he owns Precision Concepts, and okay. he did all of our suspension, did all our testing, and and he uh, he actually came out and chased with us quite a bit. Uh, his head mechanic at the time, Phil, uh, came out and helped us. Obviously, Steve, um, which actually for – was it Silver State? I forget which. I, I had broken my wrist and I missed one race. So Steve hopped on the bike and it was Clay and Steve at one of the races. Oh, so nice. that was cool. So, yeah, I mean, technically it's Steve, Clay's, and I's championship because Steve filled in for me. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, having Steve Hendefeld, having, having, uh, Bob Bell and, and all those guys, like it, it was a, it was kind of a old reunion of the factory Honda days um, before it went to JCR when it was ran out of, out of uh, factory Honda itself. And okay. we had basically half the team from then uh, running this little 250 team that Clay and I faced in, man, it, it thinking about it and looking back at some of the pictures every once in a while, it, it's hard to beat that year. We had a really good time that year and to do it with, uh, people that have become some of your best friends and lifelong, they, they've turned into family at this point. Um, it, it's hard to beat that, you know, when you can go out and be successful with, with your family, basically. Yeah. I was, that's one cool thing about this sport is just the memories and the, and the people you meet and the, and how they become family. So it's just lifelong memories that you never lose and lifelong friends really. So I could definitely, um, relate to that. You know what I mean? So that's cool for sure. Uh, he wants to know what's the most hectic fire drill as a mechanic. And was it one that had been practiced before at the shop, like a motor swap or something, but do you guys practice any kind of gnarly fire drills or is it kind of like just hope for the best and, and go for it? So there's two that come to mind. Um, one was hang pound. Uh, Cole had an issue with his bike that we caught, um, pretty close to race time after the second, uh, this is outdoors hang town. Yep. Uh, pretty close to the first moto. And, um, so that was a fire drill. We had to swap an engine on that. So Jordan and I did that, that, that one we pulled off, no problem, got down to the line, everything. Um, that was a little hectic just because we found it so late. Um, the other one that comes to mind, uh, with Jade Chase's first outdoor season with us, when he had, uh, won the 2 championship and, stepped onto the 450 in the same year. Yep. Um, Jade was new to the team. He was new to the bike. And uh, we had to do a motor swap. 
I can't remember if it was Loretta's. It it was somewhere that season. It was early on. I, I forget where it was, man. That's going to annoy me. But anyways, yeah. So that one with Jade comes to mind as well. But I think that one with Jordan on um, Cole Seeley's bike is probably the best. The What would that have been? 19? 19 Hangtown? Okay. That would have been the, the most hectic fire drill I can remember at least. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, these guys, like, you know, in Christian, what was it, San Diego, when he was looking down at his bike and he thought it was, it, from what somebody said, he thought it was, oil, like, oil leaking out of his bike or whatever, and seeing these guys just ready to go, like, you guys, I can only imagine what the pressure's like to, or like Anderson when he was fighting for the championship in Utah and they had to do a front wheel change, it's... Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's like it's like it's not like a NASCAR pit stop where you can expect other people to pull on pull in and and get their bikes worked on. So it's kind of like all hands on deck type of deal. Yeah, and especially now with uh, with the regulations, like um, the last couple of years, they weren't letting anyone down on the floor except for the mechanic. So oh, for, they yeah, were kind of on their okay. own. Yeah, yeah. So this year is the first year they're allowing an extra guy down there again, which has been a blessing for those guys because they could kind of take that out of their mind and, and kind of, kind of the whole reason why I'm down there is because I work on these bikes side by side with them so much at the shop and during the week and everything. I'm, I'm the only one on the team that knows those bikes just as well as they do. So okay. if we have an issue, I can look at the bike and see what it needs it or, or I know exactly what part to grab and, and how to put it on where to like what to torque it at or what, what, you know, just kind of the whole gist. And we actually kind of had a, had a moment, uh, last weekend at a two after Anderson took Kenny down, he was kind of slow to get up and, um, we got goggles and a bunch of stuff ready. And, um, the pit carts actually, you see them every once in a while on TV, we carry wheels and spare parts and everything. They, they had us park them really far away. So I scrambled to the pit cart to grab what, like I was there ready on the radio listening and what we needed. And, uh, Luckily, so we didn't lose any more time. Kenny was able to stay out there and didn't need to come to the pits to fix anything. But yeah, man, it's it can get really hectic down there. And we've seen over the last couple of years for sure that you've got to be prepared and you got to have good guys down there to to get you back on the track immediately. Because more time you spend in the pits is more positions, yeah, and more uh, points. Totally, yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it's every point counts, especially with how stacked it is, and. You brought up a point with Anderson and Roxon. Do you want to talk about it, or do you not want to talk about it? Sure, yeah. What What was your thoughts? Were you like, Shh, like lines coming together? You know, you know, Pulp asked Lars right out of the gate, and of course, Lars, you know, he's got to defend Roxon. Same with you. I know you got to defend Roxon, um, but as a fan and not as a as an employee of Honda for for you, but for me as a fan, I would say it looked like the lines came together, but I did feel bad for Kenny. Cause I felt like it was that, that race was shaping up to be a really good one with, with Kenny right there and Anderson and Tomac. I felt like that was probably going to be one of the best. And even chase was right there too. I felt like that one was shaping up to be a really good, you know, 20 minute battle between all those guys. Yeah, definitely. It was for sure. Um, I think Anderson had, had some good lines and some speed and was probably going to get by Kenny anyways. Um, he might've been after the mechanics area, that bull corner. Um, he might've even passed him there. If he didn't do it in the sand that same lap. Um, yeah. 
But in, in the moment when I watched it, like I was saying earlier, I, I stand on top of the bike stand behind the mechanic. So I get a little bit better view for them uh, than them. And I watched that one live super close, probably 25, 30 yards away. And I was furious. I, I was bet. like, I was, I was, I was pretty mad. Yeah. And, especially a week uh, after, you know, right after what happened at, last week, you know what I mean? At, at, San Diego, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, so, so I can see that. So in the, in the moment, I was definitely pissed. And then I went back, obviously, like everyone else, and watched the replays, watched it in slow-mo. There, there was two lines on the inside of that fan. There was a line that had developed. Um, it wasn't as big as the full-on inside line, but there was a de- line that developed that went from inside to out. Um, I think Kenny should have taken that line, that line that Anderson did, the one that went inside to out, because that would be the fastest option with, with also covering your inside. Yeah. Um, and then when he didn't, Anderson took that line, and those lines came together for sure. And um, looking back at it, I think it is a little bit more of a racing incident than I initially thought, but I still do think that was – uh, pretty over the top. I mean, he, not to mention Anderson could have risked him, himself going down and he could have, he yeah. could have hurt Kenny. He could have hurt himself. He could have broke Kenny's bike. He could have broke his bike. I, I just, I don't think it was the smartest move, but it wasn't as bad as I initially had thought. Yeah. But like I said, I was fired up when it first happened, but going oh, back bet. and watching it, it wasn't quite, quite as gnarly as I initially thought. So. Yeah. And it, it, I will say I did like how Anderson owned it. You know what I mean? He did say like, Hey man, like I'm not out here to race like that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. it is what it is. And two weeks know, in a row. Yes. I know. And I, I wonder what's going on. Like, I don't feel like Anderson has beef with Kenny, but it's like, they always find each other. And I, I don't know if this is going to be like a new rivalry or what, but it's, it's gotta be kind of nerve wracking for you and Lars and, and Jordan. And for people that know Jordan is Kenny's mechanic. Um, Rooster. Yeah, it's just got to be nerve wracking when they get close to each other. Like, man, like, what's going to happen? Are these, you know what I mean? You always, you always have those guys when they're close to each other. You're like, all right, you know, what's going to happen? Come on, guys. Like, just let's, let's get through this. For me personally, I've already thought about that with Anderson and Barsha. Both of those two, I kind of okay. feel like if they're around you on the track, you got to freaking, you got to put your eyes in the back of your head and okay. almost pay more attention to them than what's in front of you. But, um, that could also get dangerous at, at a point too, where you're, you're, yeah, you're kind of riding two pulling. races almost. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope there isn't anything that comes about it. I, I don't foresee there being, I think Kenny's really level head and, and very mature and a, a very long minded, um, towards championship goal guy. He's got a lot of work to do after two weeks in a row, getting put on the ground like that yeah. uh, to come back for the championship. Granted, the points are still really close and, and that's good for him. Yeah. Um, he's only 23 points out. So, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. I, I don't foresee anything happening on Kenny's end. I I'm, I'm sure like all of us, like if you were in that situation or, or, um, Tomac was in that situation or any of those guys, if they get the opportunity to kind of give it back, it, it, I personally would. Definitely I would. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to, hey, remember what you did last weekend and slam you in practice or some, something stupid like that. Yeah. But uh, I th- I definitely think he's not making friends out there for sure. Yeah, I think 
I think he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. And I get it. You know, people talk mad shit about him for, and I'm talking about Anderson, of course, right now. He's he's been d- talked down to for the last three years because he won the title. He left Aldens, so I can see him having a chip on his shoulder. But at the same time, you know, Kenny's not going to race you dirty. Chase isn't going to race you dirty. So like, let's just go out there. Let's just you know do your job, and hopefully they all can get along. But I will say the drama, yeah. the drama is pretty good, and it, it's good for our sport. But I hope my biggest I mean, thing I, is I just want to see all these guys get through 17 rounds. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know Jason a little bit on a personal level. I, I've been around him a little bit here and there. But okay. and on a personal level, he's an awesome guy. Like for sure. Like get along with him, awesome. But it does kind of suck to see two weekends in a row when you're fighting for a title to see your guy on the ground and. Man, that it that definitely makes your blood boil after a while. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where we did it after San Diego, shrugged our shoulders and and dusted ourselves off, and we came back came back strong. And obviously, he got the whole shot and was leading when it happened. So, right. Hopefully, we can just Kenny can just do that again and kind of put it out of his mind and pretend like it never happened and move on. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Like I said, we're only four <laughs> rounds in, and we got four different winners. So. Let's keep the ball yeah. rolling, boys, and let's have some fun. But yeah, for sure, the red a hey, the red plate winner or the red plate actually won for the first time in a two early too early. Yeah, he's, he's never won this early. I I think I heard something. He's like he's what five or six points up um, than he has been in all January or something like. I, I yeah. thought I heard some stat on that. Yeah, yeah, I think this is the most points he's ever had after four rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, that Yamaha must be doing something for him. Yeah, cable clutch maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I've heard some stuff on that. I know. So, <laughs> I know. That's why I bring it up. Um, oh, any, man. Anywho, um, Tommy, thank you for the time. Yep. I can't appreciate oh, it. Of course, buddy, anytime. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I know we've been talking about it since since November at Minio's, so... For you, anybody you want to thank, anything you want to say, anybody or anything you want to talk about before I let you go? Um, not really, man. I'm, okay. I mean, I'm just <laughs> definitely appreciative to be where I am, and and I'm I've got no issues being the guy that just puts his head down behind the scenes and busts his ass, man. That's, there's a lot of guys in this industry, and I, I kind of want to speak for them all when we all say we have a lot of passion for what we do, and yeah, and um. There's a, there's a lot of guys behind the scenes busting their butt and uh, not in the limelight and they're they're as important as everyone else and they everyone in this industry works hard and including you man everyone on any side of this industry they it's it's not an easy industry to live in and make a living off of yeah but uh, a lot of us do it for the passion and and yeah. No, it's all fun, and we we all have we all have the the same goal to to expand the sport, grow the sport. You know, you do it for you do it behind the gate. I sell, you know, I do I do it to keep people riding. You know, with gear, helmets, apparel, and so it's all one of those things where we all have a specific job to to help the sport grow. And I love being a part of it, and you know, meeting people like you, and meeting people like I've known Cam for a long time, but we we've, we've recently reconnected, and you know, Kenny and I have just met recently, so. Um, it's good. Like I, I can't complain. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to see what the future holds for sure. Yeah, man. I'll, absolutely. I mean, I still walk into dealerships today and buy, buy stuff for myself. And that's, that's right. And 
without without that type of stuff, man, it, the sport wouldn't be around. That though your role and 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 those types of dealership roles are make Supercross go around because if we can't sell the stuff we're racing with on Saturdays, then there there wouldn't be any money in the sport to uh, to go racing. Amen. Yeah, please, people, please, 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 if you can, shop local. Like, without dealerships, we can't get bikes. And just having that relationship, right? Like, it's cool to shop online. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's cool. But having a relationship is way more cooler. To go in and say, hey, Gary, what's up, man? How was your weekend? Or, hey, Joe, you know, how's the wife? Like, it's just, you know, stuff like that. Just being able to have that personal experience goes a long way. I think maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So... But, man, thank you. Um, before I let you go, huge shout-out to Spot Network TV. If you guys haven't had a chance yet, go check out the app. Go check out their website. They got a lot of cool things going on over there. They are actually you know, at the Gas Gas release. I, they, I don't know for sure if they were at the Honda release, but I know that Blackmore Ranch has got some cool things that they do over there. But uh, Motion Pro, what's, do you have a favorite Motion Pro tool? Ooh. <laughs> I know. Um, that's what everybody says. Their digital tire gauge is yeah. pretty cool man i think yeah. the, the technology behind that thing is awesome yeah. um actually their tire spoons are my favorite tire spoons as well. oh okay yeah that's a good one yeah yeah i just got so. a new tool from them it's a uh they came out with a new spring puller it's called like the top oh, okay and it locks okay. it locks to where it stays long but then if and then you can unlock it and it's got like a steel braided swivel and then it swivels and turns it's pretty sick Oh, yeah, that would come in handy. Yeah, so they just really to check that. that thing out. So if you guys haven't had a chance, please go check out motionpro.com. And then Works Connection, they do all the engraving, the number 18, 94, 23, and 96 for the boys on the Master Cylinder They've done covers. some 110s too, buddy. Oh, have they? Uh, Dude, they're I'm on my door. Yeah. I'm about to call Ryan over there and say, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we got to see. Dude, they, they, they hooked me up. They, the, they got my such dual rad sport people. set up, man. Yeah, they are good. Yeah, guys. they're good people over there. You rocking uh, radiator braces and skid plate, or what do you got? Um, just basically the bling. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, they, they make I, some, yeah, I got welded bling. up radiators. Okay, yeah. Factory treatment. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, Bell Ray, of course. You know, Tommy will tell you. Please, people, change your oil, change your air filter. Two hours. Do your maintenance. Oil filters, yeah. Do do your maintenance, folks. It goes a long way. Um, two hours, huh? You're thinking two hours? Uh, on that's what personal I do. bikes or on race bikes? Race bikes every every race or every session, I should say. Um, it honestly depends yeah. on the rider. Okay. Um, a okay. lot of it has to do with the clutch wear. How how hot it's because if they if they're a big clutch guy, they get the motor really hot. And yeah. then that breaks down the oil pretty quick. So okay. if they're super easy on the on the clutch and the engine temps don't really get that hot, the oil stays pretty good for a while. Nice. But um, yeah, obviously race bikes are changing a lot more than uh, than the personal consumer. But personal consumer for sure, two hours. Nice. Uh, if 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 you want to have the full on benefits, uh, every two hours, yeah, I'd say it starts breaking down after that. There you go, folks. Tech tips with Tommy. If you need anything, you just let the Motospot show know. We'll get we'll get those details for you. <laughs> just, just kidding um also uh scott sports usa please check those eyes out chance wears scots he loves them made in the usa um the light sensitive lens is the probably the hands down the best lens i've ever ran and of course i know i'm nobody but still 
Just trust me. It's a good lens. Um, Johnny Knowles over there taking good. care of him. Guy's been in the in the trenches since I was born. He's just grinding <laughs> it out. Just grind. You and me both. Yeah, for real. If he wrote a book, I'd read it. It'd be really good. Yeah. Um, also, the amplifier lens is really good. Um, I haven't had a chance to run it, but I've had a lot of people say it's good. We had we like I worked there. Um, there were people that ran it at Minios, and I heard a lot of good success out of that. So please check those guys out, Scott Sports USA on Instagram, and then of course a Cherby's. The new 7-Eleven stand is out now. There is some metallic um, colors coming soon. Handguards are a must when you're riding uh, outdoors. Keep those rocks away. But, yeah, please check those guys out. And, of course, all these products are available at your local WPS dealer. Like Tommy said, go shop local. Support those guys so we can still have a job. And, uh, yeah, that's a wrap, Tommy, episode 32. We, uh, We had some fun, and I appreciate the time. Yeah, of course, buddy. No problem. It was a blast. Yeah, for sure. And also, before I forget, J.D. Beach, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time, buddy. I know it was last minute getting those questions into me, so um, I apologize again. That was my fault, but if I don't keep you on your toes, who will? So thank you to him for doing that. And, Tommy, I will see you, I don't know, maybe Arlington, but probably Indy. All right. Sounds good, man. Indy's a good time. Hit me me up when you're out there. Yeah, you take me to Harry Izzy's and we'll get the ship cocktail. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there you go hell yeah buddy well have a great night thank you for the time you and too that is a wrap peace later